I don't think uh, Jack Michaels is with us, play-by-play voice of the uh, FM Redhawks, who were postponed tonight. You were supposed to be on the airwaves at KFGO, so I thought, let's call Jack and get him on anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to it. I done yes. my, uh, I did my pregame show. Benny, Jim Ben and I, manager of the Redhawks, were sitting down in the clubhouse. We're, we're recording the pregame show, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they came in and went, game's canceled. I went, well, what the heck? You know, here we go. I was waiting for a little... KFGO night tonight, but I've learned this much, Derek, on the All-Star Game, Major League All-Star Game, the easiest job tonight, home plate umpire. Every pitcher just filling up the zone. Nice. Rios looks sharp tonight, and, uh, you know, it's like, what, a one nothing game right now? But, yeah, so kicking back and hanging out with the mighty 790. I think the problem is, because we had this problem in, uh, two years ago when we scheduled, because the All-Star game we usually put on the uh, fan for contractual reasons with ESPN Radio, because we want to give that to the listeners. So we, and I enjoy it too, because obviously the Twins are going to be on, and I like to feature, and you know, and w- maybe we should just go back to the history of you and I, should we? Okay, yeah, should we? That's right. Let's go back 24 years or so. <laughs> so, yeah. so I would go to Bemidji State, and I would, my instructors... I don't, did I ever put this into words to you before? But my instructors would always say, when you guys go back home, I don't want to hear about whatever. You you go hang out at a radio station. You go hang out at a TV station. Whatever you want to do, call them. They'll be flattered that you get to know because it's not what you know. It's who you know. Well, That's right. T- sure, <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> I, I, I come back to KFGO and I loiter around here with Jack and Bob Harris or whatever. And, you know, maybe some there was a, another fan. There was a, there. This is kind of fan 2.0 that you work at, but there was, as you know, and so I go there too. And so you just kind of network yourself a little bit. So then I call you as I'm finished up college and you're like, and I congratulate you for getting the Red Hawks job. Right. And you said, 95. and you said, what are you doing this summer? <laughs> yeah, that's right. and, and the rest is history. I produced the games and, and now I'm sitting here on KFGO, which yeah, I do have to sometimes think when you get frustrated and all that, you know, if I, if you'd ever told me I would have had a career where I'm actually doing a nighttime sports show on KFGO, when I first came with you and right. made $27 a game, to, <laughs> you, you think, I, you think that young kid comes and slaps me whenever I get frustrated at life. It happens a few yeah. times, Zach. Hey, do you think you know, think about that twenty seven and and now we just make a little bit more <laughs> just just a little bit well, you know what's funny I, I think of those days and I uh, you know we were owned by Ottertail Power Company and uh, Ottertail Power Company in essence then had part ownership obviously it was a Red Hawks early on it was like a three team faction there with with Gene Allen and, and Ottertail and and Dan Gladden a little piece there for a while. And I remember when I got hired, and uh, our fearless leader, Bruce Thome, who's still right there, he's been there all along. The general is still there, when, yes. The general's still rocking and rolling. And he said, uh, when I got hired, and he said, well, you, you write out your new contract. And I thought, well, first of all, a contract in radio now is oftentimes you don't get it. But back then, we a lot of times worked on contracts. And so I wrote this contract out, and I put the dollar figure that I kind of would like to make. And But I remember one of my additions to my contract was I I get to choose who produces Red Hawks baseball, who's going to be the – which is always the brain trust. Without people that are running the show, kind of, hey, you got to take a break, call an ID, uh, get in the highlight, you know, all the, 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 the fabric behind the bracket. So I wrote in my contract, I get to choose who, you know, I thought, okay, that's my really demand. 
And of course, who's I had in mind? Derek Hanna. <laughs> like I got this Derek. This yeah. kid gets it. It's this is already got. I remember funny that the first radio contract I basically, well, second I signed. I signed one with, but yeah, it was like that was the definite. I just can't believe how long ago that was for goodness sake yeah that's a little ridiculous yeah and, and you created a monster so you can so anyone listening right but, now it's jack michael's fault uh, that you created this <laughs> a big opinionated monster to the airwaves right. of the fan and the kfgo here yeah it, well, that's but, right yeah you think about it we are coming up on three decades which just blows my mind away because it does seem to, like just yesterday i'm you know, meeting you and a few of the front office and john dietrich the first general manager and you know, just a nervous kid coming out, not really knowing. You know, and, and Bruce, as you mentioned, it's it's it seems so long ago, but it's 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 one of those things. Do you ever run into this in life, Jack? Where it seems long ago, but it seems like just yesterday. It, it, it's weird. Yeah. I, does that make any sense? Because it doesn't. You're 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 speaking out of both sides of your mouth when you say that, but in the same way, I feel that, and I always get this weird feeling when I walk through Newman Outdoor Field because at first of all, it takes me back to that moment in the late '90s all the time. It does. And every time I go to the park, every time I go and, and my schedule with the Red Hawks is that, you know, you try to get to the park in the three o'clock hour for a seven o'clock game, you know, maybe four o'clock at the latest. And, but every time that I park in the same spot that I parked in way back then, and I walk in the same back, you know, area and, and the bowels of the stadium. And I, and I take do the same route and take the same elevator and everything is the same underneath there that it was in 96. And I go to the booth, and that's got the same feel to it, same sight line that I've had. You know, and everything is the same. It does. It, I, I remember when the Red Hawks, when the ball hit Johnny Knott's eye at third oh, base. Oh, first year, that, yeah. The first year, the angle looking down and watching that ball spin away or Jeff Bittiger walking off the mound after throwing whatever it was, 150-some pitches in that game oh, against yeah. St. Paul. and. You know, yeah, and I every day it's funny. I I'll go there tomorrow for a double header, and it'll be it'll say even though it's 2019, seems like it's 1996. The funny thing is on KFGO radio, I'm sitting where you are right now, in 1995 on a rainy night. I ironically, on a rainy night when that call came in, Bob Harris was running the board, and I was doing a show. And that call came in during a commercial break, and it was Bruce Thome saying, I want you to meet me at this restaurant at the mall. And I said, Bruce, I'm doing a radio show on, on your station, on their station. I can't just leave. I'm doing a sports show. And he, he knew that. He goes, yeah, just have Bob do it. You've got to meet me right now. And I thought, well, when the boss calls, see you later. You know, I'm like, Bob, you got the rest of the show. And I bowled it out. That was that secret meeting that a kid, that guy named Doug Simonick and Jeff Binniger were coming down from Winnipeg. That was the secret meeting where I saw them sign that deal to become the manager of the pitching coach of the Red Hawks. But it, it was so odd. You know, I was like sitting in that chair you are right now. And that call came in. I'm like, what do you mean? I got to come and meet you now. I'm doing a show. Have Bob do it. Like, okay, see yeah. you later, Bob. I got to go. Which that ma- was the, that's kind of the start. Which makes me realize, you know, Bob has been a pillar of this station for such a long time. Yeah, right. I mean, because <laughs> right. he, he, I mean, he is one of the guys, 
he is the ultimate utility player, right? I mean, he has been the Denny Hawking, the, the uh, I guess, uh, the better version, I guess, would be Marwin Gonzalez, right, where he can play any spot in yeah. the field. And that, that is Bob Harris to a T where, yeah, yeah. guess what? You get to go behind the board and, uh, and shoot at the hip here. So, And that's not when he could fill stuff quickly with, you know, just a quick – interview we can grab from somewhere off a computer right you, right we were playing with carts and you and when you're filling you were filling I and mean, that's all, all there was to it so oh my they goodness were filling. you know it's, it's funny in our business and, and i don't know if this is for everything but like there's nobody you know it, it's not expendable i mean as good as everybody you know because we work in a, in a radiant ego business you know but you know, once you think that oh they'll never be able to replace me you know then they're like oh geez they just replaced me right, you know right. how, how does this happen but bob is the guy that if you didn't have him, you would realize, holy cow, we really need that guy. You know, he's on vacation. Listen, he's on vacation this week. Trust me, I, I know what. I, you know, this is a problem right. for me this week. So yeah, see, uh, if if he ever goes, I go because I'm totally hosed without Bob Harris. I just got, and you hey, saw, by the way, and you heard that in the weather coverage last night. I mean, he is just second to none. Oh, it was, it was incredible. By the way, you know, for those that uh, they walk down KFGO memory lane, you know. What what is what I really miss is the the smooth stylings of Don Dance Hall. You know, oh. back in the day, <laughs> the evenings have just had a casual, comforting, uh, a kind of a dry sense of humor with a curious voice when you talk, and very receptive. And you do this very well. And I like to think when I worked at afternoons on KFJO, if I was running a Twins game, those ten seconds you get, yes. For for the ID, you know, people maybe don't understand that when you hear Corey Provis or if you're Red Ox, Jack Michaels or whatever, Derek doing a football, 10 seconds for station identification and you have 10 seconds, 10. And usually when you're young in the business, it's it's a frightening 10. We've got a new new young guy, Jamer Yagi, that has picked up and doing some twins games. And Jamer was doing my Red Ox game the other day. And he said, Jack, you know, normally in the 10 second ID, when I call for an ID, they just play the ID, like a commercial, you know, promotion. You hear the big voice guy come in and say, you're listening. And then Jamer said to me the other day, he goes, Jack, one of these times, I, I'm going to do it live. I'm going to jump on live. <laughs> Love I said, yes. Yes, go for it, man. Give the weather. Give the whatever. Promote something. Do it live. Ten seconds, right, Derek? Big. Well, it's amazing because Don Hall and, you know, we have an APB out for him because, you know, we're always searching for him to say, hey, you know, you're retired. And I'm sure you're enjoying retirement. But don't you want to come back and do that? Because I think for a lot of people, and by the way, Jack Michaels, the play-by-play voice of the FM Redhawks, who was supposed to be on tonight. But I guess every time we try to have a, a Redhawks game here, we got storms. Because two years ago, we had, you know, unfortunately, right. storms and, torn- you know, a tornado in Hillsboro. And we had storms right. tonight that postponed the game for a doubleheader tomorrow at Newman Outdoor Field, which will be heard on the fan. But uh, Don could just uh, he could slide in there quickly and do ten seconds of the weather, the time, the temp, what bake sale was going on at the Moorhead VFW. I mean, it was like nothing. And Tank McNamara, who's very good at this too, he was in the other night and he walked in to produce a uh, couch potato ready the other night. And Jack Sunday said to him, "Goes man, you were great. That was great to hear a Twins game because." Uh, you sound like Don Hall and Tank goes. That's the best compliment I could have ever heard in my life. And and for exactly. me, you know, who maybe at the time when I was first listening to KFG in the early nineties, I didn't really care as much because you must you used to slide a song in once in a while too, right? Like a country song back yeah. in those days. 
Yeah, we, we, we played some music. Yeah. We weren't always just 24-hour taught, right? And, and you'd had Cooking with the Brewster, which I enjoyed because I got a kick out of the way that you guys would go. But it wasn't appointment radio for me like I like a lot of things. But what was appointment radio for me as a young 20-something was the sports huddle and, of yeah. course, Twins baseball. So really the biggest personality for me on KFGO was Don Hall because he told me what the time and temp was and what was going on in the world within, like you said, those bumpers in and out and certainly the 10-second ID. It's it is amazing what you can do with that. So, I got to a point where I was so impressed with what Don did, and even though I didn't do a lot of Twins games, I, I started uh, I started like being really personal with it, thinking I'm going to make this sound like like I'm in the booth with sure. John Gordon and Herb Carneal, and you'd hear Herb Carneal say, "All right, now let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is Twins baseball on WCC or whatever you'd say, Twins <laughs> yeah. Network." And I and I used to come in and go. All right, thank you, Herb. It's 75 degrees. Right. <laughs> Make it sound like you're in the booth with him, right? Yeah, no, that was great. Have I ever told you about the my Herb Carneal story? So the, one of the first years, the first year, actually, I covered the Twins on spring training. Now, you and I were both at a different place, I do believe, working. And right. I said to my boss, hey, I got a place to stay. You know, can I go shit down? You know, we kind of worked out the ship me down there, and we worked out a budget, right? So, But anything over the budget was my expense. And we got a couple of sponsors. So the first year, they didn't do as many radio games, right? So I walk in the radio booth, and I knew Gordo, obviously, from all the years working yep. here at KFGO. And so John Gordon, I knew. But when it came to Herb Carneal, you know, I, I didn't know him, introduced myself. Well, I, I checked that. I used to talk to him through the, the when I worked behind the board when I was working down in the Twin Cities, actually. But I never got to meet him face-to-face, really. So, so there's a spring training game. He's just got a scorebook out, and I sit by him. I said, how's it going? And I reintroduced myself. He goes, oh, it's nice to meet you. you know, I, I know the voice from talking to me when you did that summer. And I, right. sat, I sat and watched about five innings of baseball with Herb Carneal. Now, as someone who didn't have cable TV up until 1987, <laughs> trust me, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. It's got to be. I mean, how cool is that? Oh. How cool is that? That's a... You know, the, 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 it's been so, it's like sitting where, and Derek knows this, but the Metrodome, one of the most distinguished voices you would hear was Bob Casey. That's right. Who, that's right. You know, Steve Lombard, was, you know, the PA voice of the Metrodome. And it's almost like the, you get into these arenas and it's like, where is that voice coming from? What is, holy cow, that's like the voice of God. And I would sit every now and then, in his tunnel, and you've probably been in there too, but if people don't understand it, Bob Casey didn't do the PA from upstairs in the booth. No. He did it He did it from down in this little hole behind home plate, right, Derek? Well, yeah, he did. And what was funny about that is that uh, many times he would uh, you'd see a fall back and it hit that cage, and even though he had the cage in front of him, he jumped every time. And I would, too. It's yeah. just natural human. But that was one of the more entertaining parts about watching Twins baseball back in the late 80s, early 90s. But I said one time during BP, the Mariners were playing the Twins, and hey, I don't know why, but maybe I wanted to... I was probably trying to get some sound from Casey, you know, maybe for a story for KFGO or a show or something like that. And I was sitting in there during BP, and Ken Griffey Jr. was taking batting practice. And he had his hat on backwards. You know, Ken Griffey, he kind of, in fact, that was kind of Junior's thing. He started a whole trend of young 
Oh, sure. People wearing their hats on backwards, and Bob Casey did not enjoy that. And he looked at me, oh, that guy wears his hat on backwards. He should wear that hat. <laughs> I was just giggling, going, here's a guy that's starting a fashion trend all over the country for young ballplayers wearing their hats on backwards. And Casey was so old school. That guy should flip that hat around. I don't like the way he wears I'm like, that's my guy, man. I don't, Casey. I don't know if you remember uh, – this incident, we were talking. Jack Sunday and I were talking last week when Albert Pujols came back, and I don't think I don't think you and I have talked about this because you were on the road. But oh. Albert Pujols comes back to St. Louis, and granted, it's kind of where the score was in the game, whatever, because the Cardinals were leading four nothing, and Pujols hits a solo dinger, and the place goes crazy, right? And I don't think I've ever oh. seen that happen. Because there's been a few opposing players that come back, they get a little okay cheer, but then they're cheering for their team, right? So I've I've never seen an ovation like that. And I said to Jack, I said, well, it's a lot different than when Knobloch came back and they kept throwing hot dogs at him in left field. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's when and that's when Bob Casey goes, now stop this, we can forfeit the game. I think that was Tom Kelly's last year, I do believe. Oh, and Ke- yeah, Kelly yeah. had to walk out to left field. Go, what are you doing? He shrugs his shoulders, and I mean, and that's when the Twins got good again. And they were they were fighting ironically with the team that they're fighting with right now in the American League Central, Cleveland. Yes, and, and so forfeiting a game at that point would not have been all that good of a deal. No, that's uh, no. Those are some classic. That's a classic memory remembrance right there of, yeah. of that incident. <laughs> oh man, it it just uh, it it brings me back. And I, yeah, who knows where the Twins will? You know, thank goodness they're coming up. But Cleveland's got outside of having Minnesota. You know, they've got a lot of Royals flavor, Detroit out of the gate in the second half, where Minnesota does too, but not till later. And this is going to be a, a decent hump of games for about the next two weeks, right after the All-Star break here. Uh, I'm curious, you know, how this is going to, how tight it will be. I think Cleveland, I talked to Travis Hafner today, not to just name drop, but talked to Travis Hafner out on the, the radio show. And, you know, you look at Cleveland, I asked Travis, because now in baseball, that Remember that non-waiver trade deadline used to happen in August yeah. after the trade deadline. Now they've they've eliminated that, so really it forces teams. They've got to you got to buy or sell, and you got July thirty first, and it's such a hard date now. Where I think Travis thought that Cleveland may be buyers and sellers by the uh, by the trade deadline. You know, we could see some movement. We could also see some buying and selling, and I think Cleveland's going to get real uh, by that trade deadline. And I'm curious what kind of move. They will make if Bowers part of a deal. You know, I I'm curious what Cleveland does. I am Minnesota too, but I don't know if you're getting a read on what Minnesota does there. We've heard ninety percent rumor or want, right, and ten percent of anything maybe hard factual. Well, it comes to the now. We were having this conversation last night. Tank McNamara and I were. Would you give up, let's say, a Royce Lewis for Max Scherzer? I would in a heartbeat. I mean, you just signed Polanco. I understand he's an up-and-coming star, and he's not a rental player. He's got a big salary, but it's Max bleeping Scherzer. I mean, you're solidifying right. that rotation. I right. mean, this is right. no joke here. If, if if the Nationals are going to be sellers, there you go. I wouldn't give up Royce Lewis for rental players like Madison Baumgartner and Will Smith, but I would give up someone certainly for Will Smith. And if you have to have a package deal with them and give them a bunch of players and maybe half of them are the Rule 5 guys you can't sign – I don't think right. this would be a bad deal. I, I think they got to do something. And and where and, and whether people love her or dislike or like or whatever you feel about Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, 
this is their area of really great knowledge. You know, Falvey has got an economics background, and you talk about Rule 5 guys have signed, you got to put on your 40-man, all the restrictions that might be on certain players, what the value, those guys that are a step a year or two away from breaking the bigs and then have them for a while. These guys, this is their, and I want to use the term nerdy, but this is their kind of nerdy life. This oh, it's is where nerdy. they really, yeah, this is where they kind of excel. So to Twins fans, I think you can rest assured that these guys are smart people and, and they've got an idea. They're pretty good evaluators of talent as proven probably by the offseason moves that Minnesota almost hit on like six big moves in the offseason. I, I tend to kind of trust Falvey Levine and Derek, you've been around him now for a number of years, a couple of years, and, and these guys kind of have a plan. They, they, they're sneaky smart. And, uh, and the whole thing about the poll ads not wanting to spend money and this and that, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. I know that that's been a, a thing, but I think they just want to spend smart money as opposed to just throwing cash at someone that you may have for one shot. Now, Falvey and Levine are, are kind of smart. I'm, I, I tend to trust these guys a little bit more uh, right now. You know, it's funny you say that because you know, I, I, you and I have both interviewed Derek and Thad pretty well, and, and they would actually embrace the term nerdy because I think they know that they, they, it makes them feel right. smart about the sport, and, and they're pretty good eggs about stuff like that. And I got to know Terry Ryan pretty well when I was covering the Twins you know, intensely in 2002 until 2006, and he was pretty defensive when anyone would bring up spending money Especially, you know, and even in the second go around as general manager, when he came back with the Joe Maurer contract, because he always said they've never really handcuffed me. I just don't want to do anything foolish. And and he and he said that pre-contract Maurer and post-contract Maurer, because the payroll did actually go down with that. And there was always that perception. Well, they can't sign anyone because of that contract. And I'm like, going, I'm talking to the Browns. They're saying that's not the case at all. There's no inner office salary cap. So you bring up a good point there. They just want to be efficient on what they're doing. Yeah. And the old, the old story was not just teams like Minnesota, but small market teams that would use other teams that would be, that would be past their luxury tax and baseball to say you have a luxury tax line. And when your payroll surpassed that, the, the dollar amount past that would be percentaged and, 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 and spread across the other teams. So you always had those teams that, that spent the Yankees and Boston and, you know, the Mets and, you know, Phil, you had these teams that in, in American league more, that would pass their luxury tax. And then the other additional dollars would be divvied out versus with the other teams. And then other teams normally would use those additional dollars to help boost their team by signing guys, you know, going out and paying and, and making their team better. And that's kind of how baseball went around and the twins always got knocked for saying, you know what? They're not using any of that luxury tax money that they're getting from other teams overspending to boost their team. They're getting it to cover their losses and to pad their, you know, their revenues as a club that used to be, didn't it? There that used to be kind of the, right. the argument of the knock on Minnesota. Yeah. And I think at some point it was unfair because, you know, and because it was an Owen situation with the Mauer deal too. If they if they would have signed with Boston and they build a brand new stadium, and you lose to the All Star, you know what they many people thought was a surefire Hall of Fame if you remain a catcher. Uh, you know that just was not going to work. Jack Michaels with us, play by play voice of the FM Red Ducks. I am Derek Hansen. We are in for Bob Harris tonight. He's got the week off, a much deserved week off, and. 
hopefully avoided the weather because he's taking a little trip here. And uh, we'll uh, chat a little bit about now the fact that you're the voice of UND football, but I want that to wait because not only the Twins relevant being five and a half games ahead of the Cleveland Indians in the American League Central, but the FM Redhawks, in spite of the fact that they were rained out tonight, are smoking hot. This has got to be a lot of fun. They uh, they have won 17 of their last 20 games. They have won 11 of their last, what, 13 at Newman Outdoor Field. They have the best record at home this year of any team in the league. And I believe, I got double check, but they had the best road record of any team in the American Association. It is a team that kind of flirted around 500, but spent a lot of time on the road early, and they got hot. They got hot. It started at Newman. It continued on the road. They've won six consecutive series, and now of a day with Sioux City, then one more, a couple more with Lincoln, then hit the road for Gary, got a little St. Paul. This is a team that also has, I think, after the end of July, their final off day at the end of July, they have 34 of 35 games, 34 games in 35 days. So wow. that's a quick overview of, of where they're sitting, but they have top to bottom, one of the best lineups in the league. They lead the league in pitching, uh, Team ERA. Um, they have the uh, the most doubles hit in the league. They offensively are second in the league in average. They're like second in the league in home runs, tied for first in triples, number one in RPIs. Derek, it, 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 and it's a bunch of guys that, frankly, a lot of times injury happens. A lot of times you lose guys to affiliated clubs. And the Red Hawks have had a little bit of injury, haven't lost a lot of guys to affiliated clubs. And if they can keep this up, stay under that salary cap, uh, they really have an opportunity for the first time in this American Association to get to the postseason. They've got in a, they're in a five-year drought, but... They're looking good. The problem is playing a North division that is like what we always think of the American League East. Right. It's not an easy, not an easy one to win. St. Paul is right there. St. Paul put up five tonight in the first inning in Kansas City. St. Paul is a game back. Winnipeg is in the rearview mirror, and uh, Chicago's not far away either. And the Red Hawks have a ton of games with Chicago, St. Paul, Gary South Shore, Winnipeg remaining. It's going to be a fun run in the rest of July, into August, and into September. Well, knock on wood, and things can change with all the uh, how strange the atmosphere can be here. Too tall will tell you that. Of course, you'll have more details on that tomorrow morning, starting with the KFGO morning crew. But it's a fun week. If you want to head to a game at Newman Outdoor Field, A, you can see two seven-inning games tomorrow night, starting at 6 o'clock. And that will be over on 740 The Fan. And then a day game coming, day game coming up on Thursday, right? Then our next chance of showers as far as this forecast is concerned, isn't until the night on Thursday night. So it could be a nice little uh, cooler starting early. It's going to warm up to 84, but uh, it should be a fun day at Newman Outdoor Field for a day game Thursday. And Friday night, fireworks and another KFGO night coming up on Friday. And then Saturday, then a su- rare Sunday off. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm gonna, I always feel like I'm missing. I wake up on those. You get maybe one a season, and it'll happen this Sunday. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to feel like I'm – Am I missing out? I, like I, I'm playing hooky from school. I, it's odd not to play on a Sunday. You know, they, my weekends are every weekend in the summer is ball, and when that gets like does like your Sunday, your city going. Wait a minute. Wait a. Okay, that's right. Yeah. The kicker yeah. is when do you leave for Gary, Indiana? I just asked the guys. I said, Hey, when are we leaving for Gary? 
because the hotel rooms are never ready until one o'clock the day. And we uh, in this league, you don't go the day before. So it's going to be odd. We're going to leave probably at midnight or 1 a.m. on Sunday night, Monday morning, and then drive through the night and get to Gary. Oh, wow. And then that's always a weird feeling because you're sitting around and your day and night has now flipped. Well, I should mention, too, it's kind of a, a you got a rare Saturday afternoon game, too, right? That's that's right. So that it's like a, a two o'clock. Yeah. yeah, two o'clock on Saturday. You know, tomorrow is breast cancer awareness night. And then I believe, uh, and I don't have the promotional schedule in front of me, but I, it, it, is Thursday or Friday the bucket rocket guys? These guys that uh, oh, yeah. electronic pails, cans, yeah. yes, unbelievable. Uh, so there's great promotions coming up at Newman Outdoor Field, and and uh, Thursday's game. I was checking on the attendance. That's going to be a that's going to be a big house on Thursday. So fans might want to jump on those tickets as soon as possible. Very good. Jack, thanks so much for your time. You're very generous with it as I'm kind of, uh, you know, kind of shooting at the hip here because I was hoping to I, – I was actually going to just jump into your booth and share a couple innings with you, so I had to change that. You could have. Yeah. And I, I was going to ask you, and I know you – I was going to ask you, like, the most intriguing person you've chatted with. We were walking down KFGO memory lane. Yeah. And I don't know why this came into my mind, but I remember when I was doing the uh, – the drive home, the Jack Michaels drive home show afternoons on KFGO. And we were on the anniversary of JFK's assassination. And so I, I guess what would it have been? I don't know, the 30, maybe the 30 year anniversary or 30. But anyway, and I was thinking of the, we were talking about Don Hall and all our members of KFGO. And I think one of the top three most intriguing people I've ever, ever interviewed was Ike Pappas, who, by the way, was the man standing next to uh, uh, Jack Ruby when he shot Lee Harvey Oswald, and he was a CBS reporter. And we had him on, Paul Jurgens joined me on this, and we used that, that was about an hour-long interview that we chopped up into a two-day special. But it was, I don't know who yours is, you know, the top three people you've been able to. It is so funny that you ask me this, Jack Michaels, because we're kind of switching offices around here. Right. And and so I'm packing up. I got all these old cassette tapes, and I've been looking for two. Now, I have a thing, and I might play this back tomorrow, Ernie Harwell. That'd be one. Somewhere, somewhere, because you and I are intrigued with baseball voices. So he's the longtime voice of the uh, Detroit Tigers, no longer with us. Somewhere I have Harry Callis, who not only was the voice of the Philadelphia Phillies, and Chris Coase can appreciate this, but also the voice of NFL films after Henry uh, uh, John Facenda died. Okay, so I mean, you're talking about some. So I got to chat with both of those guys. I'm looking for that. One of my favorite interviews ever was when Dave Christian was in town, and I had Neil Broughton's number, which I don't have anymore, and we were celebrating the anniversary of the the Miracle on Ice, the 20-year reunion. I have that somewhere I'm looking for. And I stumbled across the one I've been looking for, and it finally popped up. And I got to see how the audio is, because we're on cassette tapes here. Yes. Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, my goodness. In studio. Because he was doing a promotion for a fight down at Dakota Magic. And I get this random call, and I don't even remember who the promoter was who set it up. And whoever it was, God bless you. 
Uh, yeah, oh. I'm so, I'm a promoter. And get this. I mean, here's um, – would you – I love your show. So, uh, so, A, he's a fan. So this is my in. Thank God he likes my show, right? Right, would, right. Would you uh, – would you? We're gonna be promoting these fights, and Sugar Ray Leonard's a part of it. Would you want him to stop by the studio? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, excuse okay. me. That, it sounds like a date to me. I, I so he came in and he he filled it, and you know how he could chat, you know. So I I think it's yeah. it, it's like an hour long. I'll chop it up, and if I could piece it together, I am going to try to play that back one of these nights while Bob is gone. And I'm, oh, so, that would be awesome. Oh, I know. And I'm kind of curious to what my voice might sound like, but I don't want to oh, guarantee right. it here. We're just kind of doing a, you know, we're winging it here on this uh, Tuesday evening of a rain out of the Red Hawks. But if I can find that, I will guarantee you I will play that back I, for you. Yeah, see, that that stuff. And back in the days on KFGO, you know, we're talking a couple decades now, and you and I have, I, I know everything we put on was either reel-to-reel or, as you said, cassette tape. We, we just recorded in fact, mics were hooked up. You know this, Derek. When you hit the mic button, oh, yeah. it automatically started recording a cassette deck. We Remember that? The skim tape, right? It was a skim is yeah, what we right. called it. And I cannot find for the life of me that those big reel-to-reels that I oh. had with Ike Pappas, because he went through the uh, CBS reporter going down. He's standing next to Jack Rue, but he we went down there after Kennedy was shot. And Pappas was a great reporter for CBS, and he had all this insight. And he talked about how Ruby used to come and go when he ran this carousel club. And the Dallas, you know, the police, they just let him run in and out of the department. And, and, and I'm thinking, here's a guy that was standing next to the guy that shot the guy that might have one of the biggest answers to the country. And, you know, partially the world's most asked question. Yeah, that's you know, the long crazy. Gun, you know, yeah. and I'm thinking, and that's but the conduit through that. I'm thinking, oh, and, and and Pappas was so good. And I thought if I could find that reel. And the other one was I used to do theme weeks on KFGO, and we did Comic Strip Writers Week. And so I talked with uh, with Mort Walker, who did Beetle Bailey. Yeah. And I, the next day I had Charles Schultz on. And Charles Schultz uh, made a personalized print and sent it to me with KFGO on it. And I thought... But these guys that had these legendary comic strips that would talk about their beginnings and the, it was their meaning in their writings and all that, I thought, you know, yes, the sports guys are phenomenal. And my goodness, are you kidding me? Ernie Harwell, Sugar Leonard, Harry Callis. But I would give anything to find those tapes of those interviews back. And I'm sure they're probably they're probably under an old Tom Wynn desk somewhere. Who knows where they might be by now, but. Yeah, that's good yeah, stuff. So, since we're talking about name dropping, which you and I don't normally do, so this is kind of awkward. No. But but it's more of a just kind of a case of you know us being blessed, and we're just kind of BSing here on a Tuesday night. But one of the, I don't get starstruck very often, as you know. I I just because right. we, we get to meet a lot of folks who are maybe well known and and are stopped in the street. They're pretty down to earth, just normal people. Other than sure. that, you know, so. And maybe it's part of uh, you know, and we just had the anniversary of the passing of Ed Schultz. Hanging around him, you know. Whether it be on a small, right. smaller pond now or when I go to D.C. and we get stopped on the streets when I'm walking with Ed, that was a weird phenomenon. Because, you know, you know I mean, I mean I'd, go to right. play, I'd go to Playmakers, Ed, and everyone would leave us alone. But, you know, you walk down the street of D.C. and people are wanting a picture with them. So I mean, that, was, that was really weird. So, so, so I was uh, – but 
Kirby Puckett, the first time I met him, that was because, and then a lot of this was when I was down town Minneapolis working at the radio station there. And then during the whole Bush Gore debate, and we didn't know who the president was going to be for a week and change, they're going to have a big guest <laughs> talking about it. And, and Walter Mondale walks in, former vice president of the United States. And that was pretty odd. So, Hike and I were talking about this this morning because the fair is going on. And, um, and that was the first time I was sitting, I, we were telling a story. I was telling a story. I was coaching Babe Ruth baseball, living in Williston, but playing. We had a tournament in Fargo during the fair. And I was, we, there was a tornado warning in the area in showers. And I was in my hotel room, had the door open because I wanted to monitor the kids. They were 13 years old, so that they weren't having any horse play or roughhousing. And the Oak Ridge boys walked by. <laughs> I thought that was like my first real kind of brush. <laughs> Oh, the yeah. Oak Ridge Boys That's must have awesome. been performing. I thought that was my first real kind of brush with, you know. Oh, I loved it. I, I heard I that this morning. Seen. And I heard Bobby Sue on the News and Views program. So, right. yeah, I mean, you can't right. make that up, you know. And, and no, Megan, I, I, Megan Edwards and the new producer's reaction to it was great, too. Okay, here's one. Yeah. I got to I gotta give you credit because I talked to a few people on the phone that were very famous once in, right. the, in the old national uh, radio show that Ed did, I, I actually spoke with. Uh, she was then Senator Hillary Clinton, setting up the you know ah. to put her on hold to be on his show. So that was kind of interesting. You know, it was like what fifteen seconds, but I mean that, that's how it went. <laughs> right. And then uh, this is all because of you. Well, I should, make, I, I should make, well, you had you you had uh, Harry Carey's number. Yes, I did. So, so which is gave, weird, but yes, they did. So you had Harry Carey's number, the longtime television voice of well, the, the Cardinals, but he, I think he's most known for the Cubs on WGN. Is that all safe right. to say? And uh, so I call him, and his wife answers, and I said, "Hey, it's yes. Derek Hansen from I think we called the Ticket then back in Fargo. It's now the Fan, and uh, and, right. uh, and she goes, "Okay, I'll get him." And he goes, right. he goes, hello. You know, it's just like, I mean, like, he, it was like right. Will Ferrell doing them on Saturday Night Live, right? <laughs> and and it's so odd. So, he, and I said, hello, I'm calling for Jack Michaels. He goes, and, and I'm going to put you on hold here. When you get on the air, you're going to hear a beep, and then you'll be on with Jack. Okay. So, okay. so, so I put him on hold, and I punch him in. You go to him. He's not there. So I call right, yeah. I call right back. And I said, uh, Harry, it's Derek again. You hung up on me. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I said, when you hear that beep, that means you're on the air. It's not a hang up. It's going to sound like it's a click and a beep, and you'll be on there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my brush with fame, talking with Harry Carey, thanks to Jack Michaels. <laughs> it was so strange how I got his phone. I mean, it sounds stocky-ish, but in our business, you've got to do that. But I got the... Uh, Called WGN, explained who I was, where I worked, what I was from, what my intentions were, and must have developed a trust immediately with with someone there through GN. And uh, and boy, it would never happen in this day and age. You'd have to go through so many channels. But right. I can imagine that first time I called to set up to see if I could even get Arion, and called his home, and his wife answered like you just said, and I said, "Is Harry there?" And I just heard this, just a minute. Harry, Harry, <laughs> <laughs> and this is Harry bleeping Carrie. Just yeah, I just random people. Call. <laughs> it's like calling your dad. It's like, oh wait, go get the minute. Hold on, wait, get on the phone. Was, so he came out. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's funny stuff right there. That's uh, those are good classic stuff right there. It was yeah, funny. It, it, that that was a similar. Uh, I called uh, Ross Forchie after uh, Jim Adelson died because they were very close, as you know. Yeah, and and, and I think, uh, and so he's living down in Florida, I think, during the winter months or maybe all. I'm not sure, but I called. Is Coach Forchie there? And she goes, yeah, just a second. And you could, she put, so she puts her hand over the receiver a little bit, and it, and I could almost see her face. You know, it's obviously his bride, Coach Forchie. A call for, for for coach, you know, she's like, "Ooh, who's this?" <laughs> but he's Coach Forty to me. He's the coach of the Dragons. Are you kidding me? Oh, I just, I was giggling as I got him on the air. It was hilarious. So. That's fun. I'll leave with this since we're on this road anyway. Every opening day when I was on KFGO back when I was doing the Red Hawks then and now, obviously, but on opening day of baseball, I'd always get Maury on Maury Wills and Maury being a. And so it was opening day baseball, so obviously the Red Hawks hadn't started yet because MLB starts much earlier in the Red Hawks. And, um, and so we'd get more at it. We'd talk about what opening day means to him and what it was like in L.A. and go through what you would normally go through. And one opening day, I'm on KFGO, and I get Maury on, and Maury's at Dodger Stadium. It's a day game. And uh, it's afternoon here, obviously earlier in the afternoon in L.A. And I said, uh, Maury, you good to go? Yeah, 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 guys, I'm ready to go. So I start chatting with Maury. Hey, we're on. Maury Wells joins us at Joe Opening day of baseball season. The Dodgers take it on the Giants today at Jabez Ravine. And here's Maury Wells. So we start talking. And then Maury said, uh, just a second, Jack. You want to talk to Ron Say? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'd love to talk to the Penguin. Ron Say, are you kidding me? So Ron Say, would can I hear Maury go, it's a Jack from Fargo. Okay. Hey, Jack. Hey, Ron Say. How you doing? Hey, good. Buddy. Maury's great. Yeah, Dodgers great. All right, good to talk to you, Ron. And he'd give the phone back to Maury. Then Maury would be like, how was that, Jack? I'd be like, that was pretty cool. And then he'd say, you want to talk to Steve Garvey? I'm like, I'd love to talk to Steve Garvey. Right. He, he was my favorite, Maury. yeah. Right? I mean, Mr. I mean, Steve Garvey, he'd say, hey, it's far good. And what Maury's doing is he's standing next to all these guys, obviously. He's got his phone, and he's just having fun. So Garvey would be like, hey, Fargo. Hey, Jack. Then it went to Tommy Lasorda. And all oh. I heard in the background was, hey, Tommy. It's my friend Jack in, K- in Fargo, KFGO, in Fargo. And then Tommy come on and goes, hey, Jack, uh, Tommy, I love Fargo. I'm like, he's never been to Fargo. For what are you talking about? So we would they go down the line, and Maury's last line was the best. And he said, we went through about seven Dodgers. And uh, Maury comes back and goes, Jack, how is that for you? I said, Maury, partner, that was unbelievable. He said, I bet you if I could produce Jackie Robinson right now, you'd really be impressed. Well, no doubt. <laughs> my, 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 hanging around Maury, I'll tell you this. I, I got He hung out with me in the bleachers for a while until he got bombarded when people recognized him at Vero Beach, right. Florida. When I, That was a whole other – and he signed damn near every autograph he could. And then uh, that was amazing. Then I went to Dodger Stadium with him. It was like l- literally – Walking with a Pied Piper. It was amazing. And he's so good with everyone. That was so much fun. Incredible. And then he'll be 80, 87 years old in October. That, that is my, the other, my, I'll leave you this. The last uh, phone one I mentioned is so Sid, when I'm working down at uh, CCO, says, you know, it was when the Yankees just beat the Mets. And he goes, George is going right. to call. Steinbrenner is going to call the, the, it was the old five one nine. Why I remember those numbers? The old five one nine. You know, it's like the secret line to call in that guests would call in, right? And I'm like, okay. He doesn't call, and it's the eight forty five sports with Dave Lee and all that, and he doesn't call. 
So then he calls me up. He didn't call. I'm like, no, he didn't call. Okay, well, leave that open tomorrow. And, and I said, okay. And so Sid's mad because he didn't call, and somehow it's my fault, right? So <laughs> so so Dark Star, God rest his soul, he's on right after the morning show, and he calls in then, and all of a sudden it's 9.15. He goes, I answer the line. He goes, Sid Hartman. I'm like, uh, no, he's not in right now. He goes, well, this is George Steinbrenner. I'm like, oh, Okay. Hi, Mr. Steinbrenner. There you go. And this is right after they beat the Mets, right? So I'm like, uh, well, Sid told me to call this number. I said, call him tomorrow at 945 your time, this number, and uh, he'll get you. All right. I'll tell Georgine. Okay. Th- th- this number. And I said, yeah. So I call Sid and I tell him, I'm not on the morning next morning. So Nate Hunter got in and I forgot to tell him that, you know, George Steinbrenner's probably going to be calling at 845. <laughs> Dave Lee said his eyes got as big as <laughs> saucers. Uh, George Steinbrenner's on the guest line. <laughs> and when he called me, it was just like Larry David doing Steinbrenner on Seinfeld, right? You just couldn't believe this is actually happening. So, Right, uh, right. That's great. That is fantastic. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, this uh, is some fun- the- Yeah. Good, good memory lane. So that's good stuff right there. And I don't know if that's intriguing or not, but the behind the scenes, of radio sometimes can be pretty intriguing. That is for sure. Well, uh, Jack, I texted you saying, hey, you got five minutes, and 45 minutes later, we are uh, wrapping oh. up this hour. So it's amazing how okay. you, you and I can do that. It's it's kind of crazy. But... Isn't it kind of nutty how that works? Yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> like we say, it's radio. All right. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much. Enjoy. Again, a double hair tomorrow, 6 o'clock. They'll get things going. You'll be on the air on 740 The Fan just about, what, 15 minutes before that? Yeah, 20 minutes. We'll get there about 540 tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Brad Hilton, uh, the right-hander on the mound tomorrow for the Red Hawks, will be followed by a, a rookie right-hander who's doing well, Taylor Bloy, who's from Lookout Mountain. He's from Dallas, Georgia, and uh, he's a good young man, good pitcher. So it should be a good double header tomorrow at Newman Outdoor Field. Keep all the rain away and come on out to the ballpark. Thanks, Jack. I do appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Steve.